With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. I've said that the next 11 now months until the election are going to be incredibly tumultuous. And we've seen it just today. Three big news stories. An appeals court has sided with Douglas Mackey in the infamous First Amendment meme case and has suspended his jail sentence pending the outcome of his appeal. This is the appropriate ruling. We shouldn't be holding people in prison awaiting trial for posting memes. Are you kidding me? So, too, with a lot of the people in prison pre-trial detention, they pose no flight risk. They did not commit violent crimes. If they've committed a white collar crime, a fraud crime or a uh, crime like posting a meme that the government doesn't like, they do not belong in pretrial detention. It is a drain on the system. And it's also a violation of cruel and unusual punishment prohibited by the Bill of Rights. The government needs to be brought to heel in when I say the government, I mean the executive departments of our federal and state governments. And thankfully, thankfully, the founders gave us an independent judiciary that, while not perfect, generally gets it right, if not sooner than later on appeal. And if not appeal to the first appellate level, that's why we have a Supreme Court. That's why in New York State, we have a New York State Court of Appeals. Donald Trump had his gag order reinstated by the appellate division of the state Supreme Court, which remember in New York, the Supreme Court is the lowest court, it's the trial court. And the second level is the appellate division, which is your first level of appeals, but the ultimate appeal goes to our court of appeals. But this being a state issue involving a constitutional issue, it's ultimately going to be decided my guess is by the United States Supreme Court. Another big story today, Bobby Kennedy Jr. dropped the receipts that, yes, Tony, Rem, Tony Fauci knew that remdesivir would kill people. And he didn't care. He recommended it anyway. Fauci, by the way, also knew that masks didn't work and even said so at first before he changed his mind and decided he just loved his little power. And said, yeah, masks are necessary, putting the entire nation and most impacted our young children at risk with the ridiculous mask mandates. Masks not only do not work to stop transmission of a virus or to stop acquiring a virus, they have serious negative consequences. They're breeding grounds for mold, fungi, bacteria, and yes, viri. You're giving them a dark, damp, warm place in which they can thrive. We've all seen the pictures of little five-year-old pre-K students with rashes all over their face where the mask is. We've seen stories where despotic gym teachers would penalize students for dropping their mask while running laps in the hot Florida sun, forcing them to run more laps to the point of collapse. Part of this problem 
is on the people who complied. I have no sympathy for anyone who complied with the mask mandate. I mocked them at CPAC 2021 in Florida by wearing a mesh mask made of millinery netting. That got a little exposure in the Washington Post, New York Times, and the Orlando Sun Sentinel. And I refused to get on a flight where they required me to wear a mask. And when I did get on a flight, I always brought a couple pieces of pizza with me. And wouldn't you know, it took me nearly the entire flight to eat that pizza, which is in part why the new rule, the important rule, that you can drop your mask to take a bite, but then you had to raise your mask to chew. Yeah, well, that didn't happen either. Neither did filling out forms at the airport where the National Guard was stationed. Okay, the forms were either filled out in the name of Mickey Mouse or Mario Cuomo or just discarded in the trash, allegedly. Government fascism needs to be opposed at every step. Here's some more fascism. Yes, the government paid media companies, including Fox News, to push the gene jab. This cannot be allowed to continue, but it will continue so long as people comply. So long as we have female cross-country runners all running a race wearing a stupid cloth mask. Are you kidding me? Running cross-country out in the woods, you need a mask? The insanity of it makes it seem like it's a Saturday Night Live sketch, but it isn't. But it will continue until people rise up and just say no. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. At TNT Radio, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7 globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Chicago area school district has begun offering segregated advanced level courses for black and Latino students as part of a larger effort to combat racism, which it calls the most devastating factor in academic achievement disparities. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy, because only in 2023 do we fight racism with racism. Um, Of course. This is a lovely story. Uh, Last spring, Evanston Township High School, it'll be ETHS from this point forward in the story, uh, they began offering several race-based higher-level courses. That's right. Uh, this includes Algebra 2, Pre-Calculus, AP Calculus, and Advanced English. These so-called affinity courses do not just seemingly discriminate against white students, but also other minority students. Uh, for example, Axel, A-X-L-E, uh, Advancing Excellence, Lifting Everyone, is geared toward black students, while ganas, a Spanish term that the New York Post translated as giving it all you got, is designed for Latino students. Superintendent Marcos Marcus 
Campbell recently defended the programs, arguing that they provide a, quote, different, more familiar setting to kids who feel really anxious about being in an AP class, end quote. And at least one black student who has participated in an affinity course confirmed that the segregated feeling made him feel more comfortable. The unnamed student said, quote, in AP classes that are mostly white, I feel like if I answer wrong, I am representing all black kids. I stay quiet in those classes, end quote. The programs have also demonstrated marginal success as quote unquote, students of color have recently performed better on AP tests than they had in years past, as reported by The Post. However, The Post did not specify which racial groups had begun performing better or whether students attending race-based AP courses had outperformed those taking AP courses with students of all races. Of ETHS's approximately 3,600 students, 25% are black and 20% are Latino. But the affinity courses do not appear to be very popular among those groups. Just one out of every seven Latino students and one out of every nine black students at ETHS has taken an affinity course. Now, in case you missed it, since the Brown v. Board of Education decision in 1954, federal law has strictly prohibited racial segregation in public schools, and many legal scholars have cried foul about the practices in Evanston, as well as similar practices in Minneapolis, Seattle, San Francisco, and Oakland. David Bernstein of George Mason Law School called such race-based courses, quote-unquote, blatantly unconstitutional. He says, quote, there is no way that could possibly pass legal muster if someone sued, end quote. However, the Wall Street Journal indicated in its reporting late last month that affinity courses may not violate the law because they are voluntary. Quote, federal anti-discrimination laws prevent public schools from mandatorily, mandatory, yeah, mandatorily separating students by race. But education lawyers say optional courses can comply with the law, end quote. Uh, that's according to the Washington Free Beacon saying that that's what the Wall Street Journal said. The district also noted that affinity courses are no longer, quote unquote, restricted to members of certain racial groups. The superintendent Campbell uh, claims, quote, if push came to shove and you look at the master schedule and a kid needs calculus that period and there's nothing else that works and that kid is white, of course, we'll put them in the affinity class, end quote. Okay. ETH course descriptions currently say that affinity classes are, quote, open to all students, end quote, but are, quote, intended to support students who identify as Latinx or Black. Uh, Latinx? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that was a report from the Evanst Evanstonian, a local uh, outlet back in August. Uh, and then, of course, uh, moving on here, the issue also extends beyond race-based classes. No surprise here, the Evanston Township School Board has made ending overall disparities in racial achievement outcomes its stated goal, literally, quote, recognizing that racism is the most devastating factor contributing to the diminished achievement of students. ETHS will strive to eliminate the predictability of academic achievement based upon race, end quote. I think you get the picture. Uh, Timothy, uh, do you think this is helping or hurting? What do you, what do you say? I actually agree with them. Racism is the most devastating impact on minority student academic performance. Racism as practiced by the government. Okay, this entire story disgusts me. 
I have long been an advocate for teachers like Jamie Escalante in South Central Los Angeles, who was featured in the movie Stand and Delivered, who offered a calculus course and demanded more of his minority students. Here's what's going to happen with these affinity classes. They're going to be deemed as the dumb pre-calc class, the dumb advanced English class, not by white students, by black students, by Hispanic students. And by the way, if you want to get your lights punched out, call a Hispanic man or woman Latin X. They want no part of this. This is more paternalistic, white do-gooder liberalism like brought the busing crisis to Boston back in the 70s. Busing crisis wasn't caused by the poor Irish families that were bused across town to black schools or the poor black kids who were bused across town to white schools. No, the poor kids were the victims of the rich Brahmin do-gooders, the liberals, that wanted to make a more perfect world by making sure that everyone had the same class composition. It was never about race in Boston. It was about neighborhood. Instead of being able to walk to school, they bust kids across town. Now, was there an element of racism? Absolutely. But guess what? It went both ways. The black kids didn't want to be with the Irish kids anymore than the Irish kids wanted to be with the black kids. That's a separate argument entirely. Okay, That's an issue that's dealt with with bank redlining, which was a serious problem that's been done away with, with housing discrimination that's been done away with. But this is invidious. This is the government telling one group of people, well, no, you're not going to get special treatment because of the color of your skin. Doesn't matter what kind of student you are. Doesn't matter whether you need extra help. If you're white, it's you know, too bad. And it's also telling, you know, black and Latin kids, we want you to do better in school, but you can't if you have to compete with white kids. Okay. Part of education isn't just imparting facts. It's preparing people for the real world. And the real world isn't, we need to have separate meetings because if I raise my hand in a meeting and make a point and the boss doesn't like it, well, I feel really embarrassed in front of the other white employees. So we need to have black only, Latin only meetings. It's nonsense. DEI slash CRT, diversity, equity, inclusion, their false religion. Remember, Dei is God in Latin. And CRT, critical race theory, are designed to do one thing and one thing only. Empower those already in power even further and subjugate even more than they're already subjugated everyone else. Well said, Timothy, for sure. I don't know. I I feel like actually this might there might be hopefully crossing my fingers here uh, if history is uh, any tell here uh, that this might actually create some diamonds out of the rough because it, I would take offense personally if it was me. Uh, if somebody says, you know, regardless of who I am, whatever reason that I should go with this class of people just like me, because maybe whatever reason I'm going to be like, I'm going to buck against that and I'm just going to excel wherever I'm at. So hopefully we'll see lots well, of those instances happening. And that's what we want. And I think actually I'd love to see some black and Hispanic parents suing the school district, but they're going to keep trying this, Adam. Right before I came on air, I heard a story. There's a public school district that is thinking about using race as a factor in deciding who gets school detention. You don't want school detention? I got a simple solution for you, Cupcake. Don't break the school's rules. Thanks for another great story, Adam. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio.
Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative. And she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around. So that's not really taking off the way they want to either. And then she said something very interesting. She said, you know what? When the water crisis comes, people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water. And if you don't have water for a few days at a time, you'll know all about it. So maybe, you know, we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's, what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a World Economic Forum type narrative. Could this be what it is? Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We honor you, Father, for all that you've done for us. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display. Doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chris Richardson is the CEO of AMP News, overseeing the daily operations of this Patriot News outlet based in Phoenix, Arizona. Richardson works with several hosts of AMP News, including their legacy show, Making Sense of the Madness, with our friend Jason Burmis and veteran journalist Christy Lee on Counter Narrative. Chris, I want to first start on a personal note. Congratulations and best wishes on your recent nuptials. Most people might remember you as Chris Edelkamp. Welcome back to The Reckoning. It's great to have you, Mrs. Richardson. Ah, thank you. I do like hearing that. It's pretty nice. I feel like you work really hard to earn that Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly did. I'll tell you, this is a real-life Brady Bunch story, and we couldn't be happier for everyone involved. And you've given more hope to more people than you even realize. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's actually something my husband, John, and I talk about is we want to bring back the hope of marriage and family. You know, it has been destroyed in our country in order to create division. Um, I will 
it the first way over. I am not a feminist. I believe women have phenomenal strength and I know men have phenomenal strength and we working together in a family unit and together as partnership. John's my best friend. Literally, I moved to Arizona from Florida. I don't have friends yet. And we hang out all the time, the poor man. And, you know, when you find out that you can sit in a car for 15 hours with somebody and you're still like in love with them at the end of it, I think it's one of the best tests you could ever have. And then you throw 11 kids on top of it. You're set for life. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I mean, forget about eight. Eight is enough. But, you know, you need to adopt one to make it an even dozen, right? You know, I've heard that so many times. I told people, I'm like, I'm not making any more people come out of my body. I've done five. I'm set. But I may buy one. It's possible. We could do well, that. <laughs> I've adopted myself. And I'll tell you, ending up in a family like yours would be infinitely better than ending up in one of these freak show families that the left is trying to create. And, you know, the great response, of course, and I teed it up for you. And you, you swung in a miss, Chris. That's OK. We're going to stop with a football team. <laughs> well, you know, we actually do have a basketball team. We have a hoop outside. So that's probably why uh -huh. I didn't hit the football part of it. But we have. Oh, yeah, actually, you can go five on five. Exactly. It's much better, honestly, and a little With bit subs. less. Injury. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better at hey. basketball injuries, so I can handle that much easier. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations also on AMP News being purchased by conservative broadcast media and journalism. That's a, a big thing as well huge feat in the patriot media world as you know this is a really crowded space which is what we have to do you cannot change the world without getting crowded yes it's one person at a time each person making a decision to have authority over themselves and what they're going to listen to what they're going to say how they're going to function in society do no harm do i need big government do i need small government how are my kids being taught all those things are massively important and the great thing is this shows how many of us are on the same page and how many of us want to get out there and change our world by getting our voices out there and getting in the masses because we know one-on-one -on -one we can do the best we can but when we can get in front of everybody and that's what conservative broadcast media and journalism cbmj has done is it's owned by floyd brown who owns western journal so we know that's an iconic right. space when it comes to the written word and when we become a group, when we become a connected tie and we can say we have radio, we have media, we have written word and we just keep stacking like a skyscraper, we can wind up shadowing what the deep state has been doing, what the media has been doing by lying to us for so many years and be able to say, how do we actually take down the fake news? What is the process? And we are doing a great job. You are doing a great job. Being out there and continually putting out that word is how we keep moving forward. And then really fighting fight with them head to head. Say, hey, look, you know what? You're this big company. Fine. We'll become a big company. Let's merge together and put our talents together. And that's really what CBMJ is becoming, is being able to take other media outlets as well. And that's our goal, is to become so large that they can't fight us. They can't deplatform us and debank us and shadow ban us anymore. Exactly. In fact, we want it to be a crowded space. We don't mind the competition. A little competition is good, right? It just results ultimately in a better product being put out. And this is exactly what General Flynn called for at Clay Clark's first Reawaken America tour. I remember 
I was there and we called it the garden room because the media room they had was also the room where they used to have the bridesmaids uh, queue up and, and do all their primping that. and whatnot before the, uh, yeah, the, and out in the chapel, Nick Searcy was filming uh, his movie on January 6th. And I was fortunate enough to get my, literally my 15 minute seconds of fame or 15 seconds of fame. I had, I think I had seven seconds during the movie and eight seconds air drumming with Nick during the credits, which was great fun. Um, but th outside the chapel, they had the, the bridesmaids room and they had, that's where the media room was. And they had us all together there and they called us in a circle. I remember I think you were there, Michelle Swinnick, Mel Kay and Vandersteel. And, and, and General Flynn said, we have to start getting robust media, as you mentioned, on all platforms, written word, visual, and, and spoken word on the radio. And we have to cross message. We have to go out united the way the left does. And there hasn't been as much coordination overtly because it's just kind of natural, right? We all we all look at the world and we see it the same way and we arrive at the same conclusions because our conclusions, Chris, are always based on truth. Right. Logic plus reason. I always break it down that way. I've told my children a million times that if you don't, if you think somebody's lying to you, just back it up and break it down with logic and reason. And you can find the holes every single time. And that is the key to finding the right voices as well, is that you put experts in the seats of where these anchors used to be, or you put actual journalists in the seats of places where everybody's just reading a teleprompter. And you can feel that when you're watching these shows, you know, somebody's intention. You know right. that their goal is to help. I need you on my team, not for volume, but because we have to save freedom. And it truly is not free. We've heard it over and over forever and ever about the military. Freedom isn't free. And what we're actually saying is, is that we're losing it. We are not, we have to stop being divided. We have to look at it and understand that they have done a great job of dividing us in so many areas between human, color, race, gender, ageism, to religion and political party. And if we just remember, you have a head, two arms and two legs for the most part, and we are all human and we're all given a soul and we're all in God's image and that our intention is to be together. That's the last thing they want is for us to unite because we are 99%. Maybe 94%, depending on how much we've taken out or not. But still, 1% to 6% of the people that are the ruling class and the rest of us are standing here following directions that are doing us harm makes no sense whatsoever. And why do we do it? Because we're desperate. We're desperate. And that's, we need the, silver, that's the silver lining of the whole scamdemic, right? The, the left strategy has been to divide and conquer. And we're going to get into that and why it didn't work right after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Question. What are you guys doing today? The news. TNT Radio News. Sounds good. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Three commercial vessels were attacked in the Red Sea on Sunday, prompting a U.S. warship to shoot down multiple unmanned aerial vehicles headed toward them. Indonesia's Mount Merapi in West Sumatra province erupted Sunday, spewing white and gray ash plumes more than 3,000 meters into the air and sending hot ash clouds several miles away. There were no immediate report of casualties. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chris, the left practices the politics of division, of envy, of hate, 
and you can tell because they accuse the right of practicing the politics of division. But and they kept us divided for so long. And COVID really threw the whole thing into the blender and mixed it all up. So many people, mostly on the left, I will admit, woke up to the fact that there's more that unites us than divides us because of the government's COVID scamdemic than anything else I can think of in recent history. We now have in, the indictments of Donald Trump have even put a cherry on top of that because now you, for the first time ever, black men favor Donald Trump over every other candidate. And it's because of the indictments. And every single time they try to divide us further, it seems to blow up in their face, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, that's the point. I mean, here, I'm a mom at the time of five. And when you're home with your kids, you start to pay attention to everything because you have no choice but to find ways to entertain yourself. You know, and you start to actually get the time to what I call rabbit hole. And now you realize that the left, maybe they're not necessarily democratic, but they just truly think that their goals in life are freedom and maybe, you know, being able to smoke marijuana. And they realize that the deep left, that's not what their intention is at all. So what party are you? What if we don't have parties at all? What if it's just the fact that you can have a presidential presidential election and you don't know what party they're from? What if they're just a person that has a skill set and you hear their information and you hear what their agendas are and then you make a choice and a decision? Would we still be divided at that point? Because you don't know what party they're from. You're having to act a decision. Exactly. And that's why the left has worked assiduously to undermine every cultural institution that brings us together as a people outside of our political differences, namely professional sports. There's a reason why they've attacked every professional sport, including hockey, because we can't have people of different races, different economic circumstances, different geographic areas coming together and uniting around a single cause. We need them focused on their political divisions. And sure. it's sad, but I, I myself, I used to be a huge sports fan. I mean, I was also a fan of the ballet, the opera, the theater, the symphony, but I was a huge sports fan as well. Not anymore. Can't even. I was in Tampa during spring training and did not even go over to see my beloved Yankees. Haven't even seen the stadium over there. Was in Tampa during the Super Bowl. All my life I'd wanted to go to a Super Bowl. I didn't even go over to attend any of the events during the week. Literally could not care less. They're all dead to me. Well, and that's a, coming from the sports world, actually. That's what I did before. I was a medical myotherapist for pro athletes. What mm -hmm. you realize is they're bought. The majority oh, yeah. of them have worked. Well, look so at Travis Kelsey. <laughs> He's exhibit A for how to buy an athlete. Exactly. Well, and the majority, if you really know, is like I worked on them from collegiate all the way to retirees and veterans. And you see the process they go to to get on the 40 man roster, like you're talking about the MLB, or even just going through combine for the NFL. And mm -hmm. they destroy their bodies to be able to stay on the team to where they may not even discuss medical injury they have because they want to make sure that nobody finds out about it so they don't get transferred or put on IR. And so how do you control the masses? How do you control people? How do you control the NFL, the MLB? All those things is 
desperation. We're back to it again. Do I take away your career because you won't get the COVID backs? Do I take away the, your career because you won't kneel during an and during a national anthem? All of their agenda is pushed onto them, even if it's not the way they actually feel. So the ones that actually stand up for themselves, they lose their job. But do they? We don't know because they're afraid. It's a it's a decision that they have to make. We all had to do it. Even the doctors, the nurses. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Dr. Simone Gold's done so well with with um, gold. Um, I'm sorry, gold care is because doctors walking away from hospitals, forcing them to do things they right. don't want to do, getting away from the MIC. All of these big companies, big thought processes didn't expect people to fight back. That is why it was one of the biggest tests on humanity is to see how much we're going to follow directions. How much? Oh, it absolutely was. To- yeah. It it wasn't an end event in and of itself. It was the test run. Yeah, it is. And people have to know that because they're not done yet, but it can be done quickly. Look at monkeypox. It came and went and nobody even paid any attention to it because everybody's like, wait, let's do some research on monkeypox. What does that do? Just ask your local RN on monkeypox and you'll immediately walk away from it and say, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. We're not catching that because you have to do certain things in order to get it. And I'm not putting a map on because I'm not covering my face. I'm not going to do it because unless I'm trying to keep pollen or dust out of my face because I'm cleaning, there's no reason to wear an N95. And you can ask anyone who uses it. I talked to a firefighter yesterday and said, that's why they wear N95 is in order to make sure they don't get dust in their face or so that they don't make somebody else sick. But that's really the whole process is it's going to virus is going to go through the mask. If we don't know that now, then we haven't learned anything. And I truly do believe that the majority get it. The difference is, is bravery. It is. We can't be brave when we're in cages. It's too late. So and we have quite to frankly, brave. And that's why I do what I do the way I do it. My first show 10 years ago, uh, my father listened to it. And I asked him afterward what he thought. And he said, well, you know, what you said made sense, but your tone, your, your tone. I don't know that you're going to win over any hearts with that tone. And I laughed. I said, Dad, I'm not trying to win over any hearts. I'm not trying to change any minds. I'm trying to encourage and empower and inspire everybody out there that agrees with me. Let them know that they're not alone. They're not crazy, despite what their family tells them, that we are in the majority, as you said, and to give them the tools, the information, and the courage to stand up and say no and to be a force multiplier. I mean, we both have media platforms. We're still not going to reach everybody. I always encourage listeners to go out and use what they hear on TNT radio and disseminate it in their own spheres of influence and encourage those people to do the same. That's when we have a multiplier effect. Absolutely. The think limitless process. We have got to stop the process of obedience is the very best way is because we have been trained since the beginning to respect authority, but not just respect it. Follow directions because I told you to. That isn't an answer. One of my favorite people in my family is a 14-year-old teenage girl who will not follow directions, period, because she needs to make sure it's going to be right for her. Now, yes, it's frustrating, but guess what? You know what? That's a strong mind. That's power behind it. And all we have to do is focus on peacekeeping and be able to say, hey, you know what? 
for me and my body and for my rights and for my family and my neighborhood and where I'm at, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to apologize for it. How many people do you walk up to who look you straight in the face and just say, no, I'm not doing that. Most people will back off. Nobody really likes conflict. You're not asking for conflict. You're standing up for yourself and it's boldness. You're allowed to be bold as long as you're doing no harm. And That's that is exactly right. Is is do not be contentious. That's not necessary. You don't have to be disrespectful. You just have boldness. When somebody looks you straight in the eye and says, no, I'm not doing that. You're really not going to fight back with them. What do most people do? They're like, okay, I guess not. All right. And that can be a manager of a grocery store trying to make you do something that they think you're supposed to do. You know, you're <laughs> You know, I'm laughing because you don't know this, but one of my favorite stories I tell on myself during COVID, and you're absolutely right, we don't be contentious. You know, I'll go through an airport and I don't walk up to people and confront them because they're still wearing a mask. But if somebody says something to me, you better believe you're going to get a truth bomb back. But I had this dweeby little assistant manager at Sprouts in Tampa. Actually, it was over in uh, in Pinellas County. And sir, 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 you need to wear a mask. You need to wear a mask. And I just stopped, looked down at him and said, you know, I got a lot of needs. That's not one of them. And I turned and walked away and he didn't know whether to flip or fly. It's exactly it. I had the same thing. I was actually living in Pinellas County as well, which is interesting. It's such an odd uh, you know, world we live in. But I went into a Publix. I was pregnant during COVID. I even got the ADA card that stated that I did not have to wear a mask just so I didn't have to be contentious. And sure. I'm not going to put something on that's going to keep me having low oxygen intake while pregnant. That would be called low birth weight. You're not right. allowed to smoke during pregnancy, but you're supposed to wear a mask. It's identical. No matter it what. It absolutely any is. And at this point, work. masks have become nothing more and nothing less than an IQ test. I actually like seeing people with masks because they are telling me that I need to avoid them. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that there's 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. I tell my son, I love you every single day. Now my dad has never said that to me, not because he doesn't love me, but because culturally it wasn't comfortable for him. 
now that he's a grandfather, he says, I love you to my son every time he sees him. My advice to all the fathers out there, forget the cultural restrictions. They grow up way too fast for you to waste even a single precious moment. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Chris, one of the things I love is how quickly now conservative media, patriot media are filling niches. So Matt Drudge gets a new boyfriend, takes a hard left, and then we've got our friends at the Liberty Daily coming in and putting out the best news aggregator out there. And I actually love the left because they give us so much to talk about. Just the headlines today, we've got Dick Durbin, the compromised Dick Durbin, calling for illegals to serve in the United States military. We've got an appeals court siding with Douglas Mackey in the meme case and suspending his pretrial detention until after the outcome of his appeal. We've got Bobby Kennedy Jr. saying that Tony Fauci absolutely knew that Remdesivir would kill you. And perhaps the biggest story of all, we've got the receipts on Joe Biden getting monthly payments from one of Hunter Biden's companies. So much to talk about. It's just proof. You know, we were conspiracy theorists on all of these things, especially when it came to Hunter Biden's laptop and remdesivir. That was a big one. You know, oh, yeah. like, oh, no way the hospitals would give you anything that would kill you. Are you crazy? This is a business that is their job is in order to make the $39,000 off of a COVID body, they've got to figure out how to how to get rid of it faster. And the Hunter Biden. So where we were before in the in the conspiracy theories is now it's the facts of today. And we're just going back to all of our data and saying, yeah, we told you this information, but that's okay. We'll repeat ourselves so that you actually can really grasp that information now. So I love the fact that we are becoming centralized on the left side and the right side. And hopefully we don't have to be leaning in any direction at some point in our lives. I was just having lunch with a doctor who's uh, works for hospice and she was a Democrat, but she considers herself kind of like a JFK Democrat. So it's interesting. They almost have to really dissect who they really are on the left side in order to justify still saying I'm left. Because when ridiculousness starts to come out, they really can't stand behind it because we constantly are showing them that our goal is to show the truth. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. Exactly. And I always say, if, if you want to see a JFK Democrat today, just look at the Republican Party. And JFK has been dead for 60 years. His politics have not changed at all in that time. But the Republican Party has moved further left, which is why when they paint us as far right, it's absolutely absurd. Because if anything, we're, we're, we're center maybe a little bit right, the same way JFK was back in the early 60s. Well, I want to read. How... Go ahead. So maybe that's how we change things is that we have maybe we have to say JFK is the center line. Where do you lean from JFK? And look, hey, yeah. we all are on the same page. You know, it's really, truly, it's just labeling. The labeling is what's destroying us. It really is. And, you know, like I said, COVID has awakened a lot of people. The other thing that's awakened people is the censorship. Dr. Naomi Wolf now on the show a few weeks ago said she no longer considers herself a Democrat. She's an independent because she saw the violence with which 
they will censor you and try to deplatform and demonetize you if you deviate even a millimeter from the dominant narrative. Well, and what are they doing with fact checking and with, you know, Soros coming out with, like, you know, good news media pretty much is what I call it. It's just like, you know, women's suffrage when we got the right to vote and enriched wheat flour. All these things are verbiage that they utilize in order to make us think that it's good for us. But in the long run, their censorships are just demonic and evil. It's really what it is. You have the right to speak your mind. You have the right to say what you say. That's why you live in America. That is right. why you do it. And so we're now becoming scared of having a thought and then projecting it. And if other people believe it, then what happens? You know, so we have got to be in a position where we understand the majority. I, I use this example a lot is that the people who want freedom are like a horse and the people who don't are like a lawn chair. And we're just tied to the lawn chair. All you have to do is turn the head. You don't even have to turn the whole horse. We just need 10% of that right. body to turn and it will just flip right over. So if you think you're just one person, you are one person of just 10% that we need. So one person makes a difference in their school. One person makes a difference with their neighbor. One person makes a difference with your HOA. Standing up for your rights wherever it might be is absolutely necessary. You are not a child. You are not under the guidance of your parents anymore. You are an adult. You are sovereign in your own right. You have the kingdom of heaven over you. You have God to answer to. But in the long run, you are here to live this life. You don't have to earn the right to live. Stop listening to the narratives that they have trained into us over and over again in order to adapt to slavery. And unfortunately, when we do that, we don't even know what freedom looks like. We have no idea. We go on vacation for a week once a year and we're like, oh, this is delightful. But what if that's life? What if the majority of life is not nine to five, Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week, we get two days off in order to sleep through it and hope we can make it next. That's not living. We have been trained and taught to give all of our money back over to the pockets of the 1% because we work super hard. They're, they're taking down the small businesses. They're taking down the spine of our country and we don't have to allow it. It doesn't have to happen. The more and more people that say no, the more and more cultures and cities will actually live in a sovereign space. I live in a space in Arizona. It's like the wild, wild west. Let's be frank. Nobody cares who the governor is. We don't care. We don't follow directions. We just don't do harm. So there are counties. Yeah. There are people do it. And I want to get back to your 14-year-old daughter because I love her already. My friends in college used to laugh and say if they ever wanted to get me to do something, all they had to do is tell me that I couldn't do it. And if they ever wanted me not to do something, all they had to do was tell me that I had to. And I said, are you saying I'm contrarian? And they yeah. said, no, only, only by nature. I want to read from a conversation, quote unquote, that a friend of mine had with Google's Bard over the weekend. He asked Bard what its flaws or limitations were. Here's the response. I have been used to spread misinformation. For example, I was used to generate fake news articles that were designed to mislead people about the 2016 U.S. presidential election. And then, of course, it went on to blame Donald Trump for spreading fake news in 2016 about Hillary. When the actual fact is everything Trump said from the 30,000 emails to Benghazi to all the corruption in Haiti and everything else 
has proven to be factual. And Russiagate and Operation Crossfire Hurricane and everything that the left alleged was, of course, fake news. Chris, we're not conspiracy theorists. We're just pattern recognition experts. Which that is a phenomenal way to put it. Oh, my gosh, I love that. And I'm using that from now on because it's really frustrating to hear somebody say that when all you're doing is you're just breaking down information and saying, does this make sense? So that makes you a conspiracy theorist instead of just going along with be like, all right, well, somebody told me that I don't have to think any harder on it. That's a bicameral society. And so we don't need to follow directions and we actually have the right to be able to say, hey, look, this doesn't make sense. I love the fact that Google called themselves out. That makes me so delighted. But well, the yeah, but they, they, they call themselves out, but drew exactly the opposite of the correct conclusion, blaming Donald Trump for misinformation. Precisely. That's how they called themselves out. They're saying their goal is to create fake news and then they add fake news. So it's like, let me prove it to you. Let me show you how I'm actually not serving you into society where you're using me for information, maybe the number one source of information. Let's just Google it. We have got to change our ways and duck, duck, go. There's a lot of options out there. If people don't know where to go, ask your local conspiracy theorists. They'll tell you all kinds of different channels oh. to go to in order to be able to help you not ever have to use Google again because you're, first of all, never going to get where you need to go. Google Maps sucks, I swear. They try to send you in circles on a regular basis. And the other side of it is, is they're never going to give you the data or the information. Great example. My husband has been a part of Richardson Nutritional Center for 30 years. His dad was killed because he figured out that B-17 cured cancer, G. Edward Griffin, World Without Cancer, 50 years in, all these things. Go Google apricot seeds. The number one thing you're going to get off of Google is poison and that you're going to die, not that it actually has longevity and will help you live to 120, 130 years and wipe out cancer. That is the epitome of what Google does. So when we use it for our information, we are asking ourselves basically just to be lied to and learn that information. White is black and black is white. There are other outlets. And that's what we're trying to do in the Patriot Media world is teach people, try something new. This is a better app. Put it on the front of your page. Use this instead. So I, I'm so glad Google showed themselves for who they are. Oh, yeah. And it's great when they do that. And, you know, Timbo's rule number five, act in nonverba. When people show you who they are, believe them. Right. It's the ultimate form of honesty. It might be the only point that Google was honest. So or anywhere else. And I, I love the fact that we are moving and changing. I love the fact we're coming into a presidential year. I've never actually been excited about a year that we're going into um, an election and hope to Jesus. I'm asking everyone, please understand what your truths are. Stand behind them. Be powerful. Be yourself, but also know you're allowed to be bold. You're not going against a religion. You're not going against a politics. You're actually just standing for yourself and for your family. Have a bigger why. And your bigger why is yourself. You're allowed to be selfish in this aspect because when one person's selfish and they stand up for themselves, they're saving a whole lot of people. Well, they absolutely are. And did you ever play opposite day with your children? Did you ever have opposite day? I mean, do you mean like putting your clothes on backwards or your, your kids had to act? <laughs> clothes can be on backwards. Everything you say, like, for example, at the end of opposite day, my children would say, good morning, dad. I hate you. Right. And then oh. they would giggle and opposite day. 
Well, every day it's like it's like the left are stuck in a groundhog day loop. Every day is opposite day for them. Up is down, left is right, right is wrong. And yes, those last two were double entendres. And if it's gotten to the point, Chris, where you don't even have to trust your gut. You just know that if the doctors or the government or big corporations tell you something so, you know that exactly the opposite is true. That's exactly right. I was actually at a grocery store yesterday and there was a gentleman standing at the meat counter getting meat and he was talking to the butcher and he asked her how she was feeling and she said she'd gotten the flu shot or I'm sorry, she said she'd gotten a shot and he goes, what kind of shot? And he said the COVID shot or the flu shot. She's like, well, I had COVID shot and I also got the flu. He loudly, and I am so proud of him, said, don't ever do that again. I have never heard anyone in a grocery store just so blatantly straightforward tell somebody don't ever do it again. And then she's waffling, you know, as to why she'd done it. And the key to it, I was so happy to see somebody just really worried about somebody else, not for the fact that they were right. He didn't even point that out. It was just the fact that I want you to be here. Maybe he likes her as his butcher. Maybe she cuts the best pepperoni. I don't know. But he wants her to survive and be in this world. And I think that's the big picture. This was a great imagery of where I hope our country's going, is that the ones that know will say something and the ones that don't know will learn it. And that we can all be on the same space where we can actually live in happiness and wealth and health. Like the concept of that requires very little government and peacekeeping. It changes the entire infrastructure of how our globe works. That's why they're working on color and race and everything else is because you can't have the globe come together because God forbid you do that. We all start working together and figure out how much wealth is on this planet and how much opportunities we have to be healthy and how long we could possibly live. We can't, you have to take us all out. If you don't take us all out, somebody's going to keep carrying on. And thankfully, I think we finally, finally got into a place in our society on this planet that we're tired of it. I don't know, as a 14 year old girl, they don't like to be told what to do. I don't know how 30 year olds like to be told what to do. I'm not great at it. I'm pretty bad at it at 40. I mean, I hope I'm 61 and I still haven't learned how to do that. So I don't think that's going to be on the agenda anytime soon. Can't thank you enough for coming on. You know, as we had on our profile, our our wallpaper on X before Twitter, before we were deplatformed at MAGA underscore Institute and Elon, we'd love to get that account back. We had a picture of a woman holding up a sign and the sign said, until you wake up, we will fight for you. And that's exactly what you've been doing. That's what we've been doing here at TNT Radio. That's what our friend Colonel Mike Ford has been doing over at AFNN.us. That's what they're doing over at the Liberty Daily. Folks, go check out all the good content that Chris and her company are putting out at ampnews.us. Chris, can't thank you enough. Can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much, Timothy. And thank you for what you're doing. You're phenomenal. I enjoy this show very, very much. And I am so glad that people listen and that they're actually following directions from you. If they're not going to follow directions, might as well do it with you. (laughs) Well, I don't even ask them to follow directions. All I want them to do is think for themselves and go tell everybody else what they figured out. And that's the Chris. (laughs) Exactly. That's it for tonight's Reckoning. Stay tuned on TNT Radio Vision for the Havorier Morris Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. 
God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.